good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Today is the 22nd of December, so we are three days to Christmas. Deck the halls with bells of holly, and all that. Anyway, in Nigeria, we sing Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Anyways, you can see I'm getting into the mood slowly but surely. Um, I hope you're well. I hope all is good where you are. We are getting into the second wave in Nigeria, and it is scary because of what we're hearing and you know and all the news going on about what's going on in the uk i mentioned this yesterday please stay safe it's not worth it it is really not worth it i think you know for those of my listeners i mean who are in the u.s and um you know because there are quite a number of you um you know from the u.s I, you know, and I, I don't know, you're probably hearing a lot and all of that, but let me just try and make some sense. I think I, I really need to talk a little bit about this. I have tried not to talk about the pandemic on this podcast because I felt this is really just about Christ and all of that. But then Christ, we are sent into the world. We are the light of the world. So it's important that we shed, you know, we share that light where we can. So yes, in Nigeria, generally, I can say that the pandemic has not been as serious as it was in other parts of in Europe, particularly, and in America, definitely not. That does not mean that we have not had our own share of trauma this year. But unfortunately, so I, I, depending on who you are listening to, some people will tell you, oh, it's not really a scam, it's, a, it's not true. There are a lot of cases, there have been a lot of people who have died of COVID in Nigeria. I'm not talking just of reports, people that I know you know that I know personally people um, people that I know work colleagues you know former you know acquaintances things like that um, well not 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 acquaintances I've known I, I, let's just say that I know of people who have either I know lots of people who have tested positive and survived I also know of people who are related to people who are close to me who did not survive and um, yeah and I also know of a lot of public figures who some survived some did not survive so uh, and all you need to do is talk to people in the medical profession you know and, and that's why when I hear people saying it's not real it's not real I'm like have you spoken to any doctors have you spoken to anybody because doctors will know when they see cases that are different from what they've you know what they've experienced so you know when you talk to medical professionals you do see that Definitely, there was a pandemic this year. It was a global pandemic. Every country had their slice of it, and we had our share in Nigeria. Um, we went through it in April to June. It sort of went down towards September, October. It seems to be coming up again, and same trend. You know, starting off with there were certain demographics, and that's the thing about the virus, which we've noticed. I, I think it's the same everywhere else in the world, and maybe that's why people tend to feel it's not real because it's not everywhere you know it has the demographics that for some reason either because of how it spread or who it got to or whatever it even in lagos for instance in nigeria it was more in certain parts of nigeria lagos was an epicenter at um, abuja was an epicenter some other parts of nigeria but there were some places that honestly didn't have any notable record of cases not that they didn't have any but they didn't have a notable record neither did they have a slew of unexplained deaths you know so you couldn't say okay is that they were not reported but people i mean because the way it happens when there's a cluster infection and you know 
whatever they may then be cluster illnesses as well as cluster you know fatalities but we did we didn't have that there are some states in nigeria that literally didn't have that and i know that that's also the case in other parts of the world but the places where it was and it was present it was really really present and even in lagos state i think there were about perhaps i, I don't have the figure to head it but i had it at my head but even at the peak of it in wave one there were a, just a number of local governments where it was really 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 you know potent in there were some other local governments where honestly life just went on as normal throughout the entire pandemic but those were areas that were really sort of like on the outskirts of town and very much cut off from the epicenters due to bad roads you know traffic and all manner of stuff so yeah so when people are saying oh it doesn't exist it's a function of what they have been exposed to where they are living and the environment it, it does is not at all reflective of, of, of the, the bigger um reality but anyways it's here i'm sorry that entire preamble i don't know if it's useful to anyone but i just felt there was a need to say so because christmas is coming and let's not get carried away i know because we've all been in lockdown at the beginning of the year all year there's the tendency to really say you know this christmas i'm just gonna have fun i'm gonna forget what has happened this year this cannot be one of those christmases we still have to have um the kind of care how would i say duty of care that we've exercised throughout the whole year because we want to get into 2021 heal hearty and safe and let's counsel people within our influence to do the same you know, as much as possible and it's still possible to have a bright and shiny christmas even without the pomp and pageantry that we would normally have and there are many people in the world who are unable to have pomp and pageantry you know even before now because of conflict because of poverty because of so many other things so i think now is the time to think and remember those people and you know think of ways in which we can make their lives a little bit better i think that would be our contribution at least and you know yeah so yeah come down to christmas today we're going to be talking about instruments of righteousness and um it's a bit of a segue from where i have been but it's not too much of the diversion in that i sense that it's more about me now thinking that my life is supposed to mean something in the life of others so my being a child of god is supposed to influence me as well as influence me for the benefit of the of, of others and that's all part of the light of the world salt on the earth thing but this talks about me being an instrument of righteousness an instrument is something that you use to do something so an instrument in a doctor's hand for instance when the doctor is performing surgery he cannot he or she cannot perform surgery without the right instruments it's the instruments that determine you know what he or she is able to do and this could form this could be in form of tools you know like maybe scalpels you know scissors this sort of thing it could be in terms of surgery surgical instruments it could be even you know equipment scans all sorts of pre-surgical things that you know would really help you know the process it could be artificial intelligence you know whatever it is they are instruments that aid the, the, the surgeon to do what he he knows he or she knows how to do and to really you know do uh, I mean perform the surgery and and, and 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 give the patient the best of outcomes take out whatever it is that is not working or, you, or, or is damaged and, and you know just putting in place a, a repair and a regenerative process that will then take the take the patient to a better place than where he or she was so but the key thing here is the instrument 
that the surgeon that the surgeon uses there is no you cannot perform surgery no matter how whether you're doing it at a very basic level even traditional surgery as we do in nigeria and other parts of the world you need instruments you cannot perform surgery with your hands you need a tool you need an instrument and the dexterity of the instrument the 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 purity of the instrument you know what's the word sterilizing we use sterilizing in in medical terms or you know of the surgical instruments this the the how would I say it? What's the word now? The precision, yes, of the instrument is what determines what kind of surgery we're able to do. The precision that the surgeon is able to bring to the, the work that he or she does and the outcomes that the patient has. Wonderful analogy. I just love it when the Holy Spirit brings these analogies. I get a lot of feedback about my analogies. They say, oh, shall I is that what really work? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love analogies because they, they tell the story, they get the message in a way that you know ordinarily ordinary words could not do so that's what we're talking about and it's for me and you and i to think of ourselves as instruments in the same way as a scalpel or a surgical knife is in, in the hands of a doctor about to perform heart surgery that's exactly what you and i are in the hands of the lord when he wants to perform surgery in the life of someone or he wants to heal save someone or perform a miracle in someone's life and he needs a tool oh father i bless you he needs a tool to get it done because he cannot perform that surgery he cannot intervene in that person's life with his bare hands without you without a tool that is really amazing i never looked at it that way my goodness lord is this how it is because i've always felt he can do anything he can reach out particularly but a surgeon, a surgeon really, you can't perform surgery with your bare hands. So, Lord, if this is how it is for you, then they, they, then there's a major gap in my understanding. And I think in the understanding of many of us, because we always assume that you can just reach in onto the earth and do whatever you want. Well, but I do, I, I guess what scripture teaches us is that there are situations when you can do that and you will do that. But there are also a lot of situations when you really, really need tools instruments of righteousness and that is why when jesus when we are saved jesus says go ye into all the world and preach the gospel what he's saying there is go ye into all the world and be my instrument of righteousness be the tools that i will use to perform surgery in the lives and in the hearts of all them who are suffering who have physical and spiritual sores that i need to remove hmm. are you even hearing god I hope you know that when this word, this is, are, are, are you hearing the word of the Lord? Thank you, Father. All the praise to you. All the praise to you. Instruments of righteousness. I really like where God is taking me with this, my reflective December countdowns. And my prayer is that may I really enter 2021 with all of this living like a banner on my forehead and guiding my footsteps aright. An instrument, instruments of righteousness. Now we're going to read scriptures, just a few, about three or four. In fact, I'm beginning to think that maybe by next year, I will set a limit for scriptures I will read and I will just, you know, allow God to speak through those scriptures. Because the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word of doctrine is confirmed. I think is what it says. And, um, so we don't really need that many scriptures. Three is fine. Based on biblical scholarly uh, principles of doctrines of interpretations and all of that. But then, you know, I mean, 
and the master spirit clean. So let's talk about instruments of righteousness and I'll read the headline scripture and then we'll take a short break. Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Thank you for joining me. Please stay tuned. So, yeah, Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but I'm to yield myself unto God as someone that is resurrected from the dead, according to, I mean, by the blood of Jesus. And I should yield my member as an instrument of righteousness unto God. So he's talking about me giving my body, my heart, my mind. You know, when he says members, it means my, you know, my body, you know, yielding it as an instrument of righteousness unto God. So God is the one that needs that instrument. And it says righteousness means unto doing things that are good works. So I should yield my body, my life on earth should be, I should yield it to God. It's a voluntary yielding because God doesn't force anyone. And I think that's the difference between when you are consecrated to God and you are consecrated to the to the other person on the other side. Because they, when the devil takes over your life, like for people who, talk, who are under demonic oppressions uh, or possession, either willfully or whatever, he makes them do things. He forces them to do things. Many of them, you know, yield control to him. But Jesus never yields we never yield control to Jesus. He never, the you know, salvation in Christ never brings us to a place where Jesus takes control from us. No. So, which is why every day I have to make choices. You know, I can decide. It's like literally every day you choose Jesus again and again and again. Because he doesn't force you to do anything. And he doesn't overwhelm you to the point that you don't even have your mind. Which is what the devil does. And I've seen him do that with people. He really wants to take control of mind and 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 that shows me that he knows that his his offering is so negative is so anti-god and anti-man and anti-creation that he needs to overwhelm you know the human mind to make them do these horrible things because if he leaves your mind in the way that god created it you it will be difficult to do some of the things particularly the unspeakable acts of wickedness and evil that he makes the sons of men do he needs to overwhelm or either introduce some substance that clouds that judgment, destroys some 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 um, brain pathways and some you know some 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 sense of reasoning and, and normalcy to now enable that human being to do some very inhuman things. But God doesn't operate that way. So He comes into our heart, He comes into our life, but He leaves my memory, my understanding, my will, my decision making exactly as it is. So. I can only yield to him as an instrument when I want to. And that's where, you know, the analogy of the instruments, of the surgical instrument, you know, is different. Although, again, some, yeah, you know, it, it, it stops there. Because as an instrument of righteousness, I need to yield myself unto God. That is what Romans 6.13 is saying. And which is why it is very easy to disobey him because if God asks me to do something and I don't want to do it, honestly, really, he, he can't make me do it, you know. And which is why I guess he really, really, really then appreciates the people who willingly yield themselves. So we're all on a journey of yielding. I am on a journey of yielding. I mean, I like to personalize these musings. And sorry, sometimes when I, I say I, I, I. Please don't take it that I'm being, you know, I'm not 
being mindful of the audience. I'm just trying not to talk at, you know, you know, talk at you. I'm trying to, you know, make you, everyone realize that this is not me being preachy and saying I'm holy, I'm righteous, I've got it all figured out. It's me being open and vulnerable about my journey with the Lord and the things that I still struggle with and what my aspirations are, you know, where I want to go with him and where I, you know, how far I still have before I get there, you know. So this is me keeping it real. So when I say I, it's because I don't want to give the impression that I'm projecting my, you know, <laughs> certain things onto, or making assumptions about my audience. That is not it. But if you, anything I say, even when I'm saying I, if it resonates with you, please, then it, it is for you as well. It is for you as well. It is definitely for you as well because sometimes I speak, many times the Lord speaks through me. And in those moments when he speaks through me, even I am listening at that point because I recognize that it's not my learning, it's not my wisdom. I didn't know this, you know, so I, I, I take it, you know, in, in the with the way the spirit with it, with, I take it in the spirit with which it comes. So yes, I am the one to do the yielding. And I know this because many times, I have been very unyielding to God on certain things. I have a very strong will about what I want and what I don't want, how I want my life to be. I'm very, very myself. My self-preservation instincts are very strong. People who know me that I'm a very private person. So even God, you know, I have had <laughs> boundaries, you know, I, around him. And I'm still trying to lower those boundaries and to trust him. I'm, I'm, it's an ongoing journey. I, 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 he, let's just say, yeah, it's an ongoing journey. It's an on, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting there but I'm definitely not there. It's an ongoing journey. So um, Romans 9.21, and just to put it out there, even before I could even start this podcast, oh my goodness, it was a major thing for me. I would record episodes. I would delete them. I was like, oh my goodness, how can I say this? How can I take this out? It was, it was a major thing. So when I say I'm private, my instincts of self-preservation are high. You can't even imagine the extent. Even before I started commenting on social media, it took me a lot even though I have a lot to say, even up till now, I restrain myself on Twitter. I restrain myself because, you know, I just, ah, it's, it's tough. And for, the funny thing is I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. But, I will, you know, I second guess myself all the time. So, you know, when the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion, yeah, you know, when you, if you see me doing, I, someone once described me, she sent me feedback on LinkedIn and said she listens to my podcast and, you know, and that I come across as being very bold. I was like, oh, oh, wow, if only you knew. Anyways, I digress. So Romans 9.21 says, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show the wrath and to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering? the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he has prepared before time unto glory. So this one is Romans nine here. This is Paul talking to the church in Rome. He's still in Rome, um, in Romans. He was saying, trying to paint the difference between vessels of honor and vessels, um, um, of vessels of dishonor and vessels, no vessels of wrath and vessels of honor. So it says God is the potter. So we had used the analogy of God as a surgeon. Paul is now using the analogy of God as a potter. And he says if he's a potter that is molding a clay, doesn't he have the power to, you know, decide how to make each lump? He may decide to make one lump into a vessel of honor and another one onto a vessel of dishonor. 
and he says maybe god is willing to also show his wrath and make his power known he endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction that he might in these latter days make known the riches of his glory through the vessels of mercy which he has prepared before time unto his glory and that is you and i and vessels of mercy you know there's so much imagery in the scriptures i like that so you can imagine a vessel of mercy it means it's a carrier of god's god's mercy you and i and this is you know i'm going to read another scripture that brings this home because this is not god talking about spiritual things he's talking about using natural physical men to show forth his goodness and mercy on earth in the lives of others this is as all he's talking about in the same way as we see vessels of wrath fitted unto destruction the wickedness the evil things that men do the false accusation the lying the murders the stealing the rape we see all of that every day these are people who have given their hearts their lives their minds their body their physical life and representation to carrying out the works of darkness in the same way as we see them doing it walking those evil works in broad daylight in this natural earth that is the same way god wants to show forth the riches of his glory walking through you and i in this modern world but we need to yield ourselves. I need to yield myself. I need to understand that that is what, how God wants to use me. And most especially, I need to get off my high horse and not be overly concerned with, oh, me, myself, and I, and how my life is, how my family is, and just really get over all of this bless me Christianity that has pervaded the kingdom of God or not. I need to get over it. We all need to get over it. God is looking for instruments of righteousness. He's looking. Because there are things that he needs. A surgeon cannot perform surgery without his tools. Neither can a potter make a pot without clay. We are the clay in his hands. We are, we are his instruments. There's a song that Integrity Music sang many years ago. Some of us know where it says, Lord, make us instruments of your peace where there is um, where there is something. I think when there's trouble, may your light increase. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. It, it, this is not for angels to do. If there is war or there is turmoil or there is turmoil, it's human beings that God will use as instruments of peace. Either through prayer, either through intervention, either through leadership. Being an instrument of peace is a, is a physical act on earth. There is something I must do to be an instrument of peace. There is something you must do. There is something we must do to be instruments of peace and righteousness on earth. It's not angels that is going to come and perform that work. And that's why Jesus left us here. Otherwise, the minute you and I give our lives to Christ, we will just get on the next available bus to heaven and we're gone. But we're here and kept here because Jesus needs us as instruments of righteousness and vessels of mercy. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 to 8 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I love this because he's saying God, the same God who had the power to command the light to shine out of darkness at the beginning, that same God shined in our hearts 
to give and bring forth the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, which has been hidden for many ages past. That light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ through his chosen Savior, he shined that light in our hearts. The same kind of light that illuminated the entire universe. God shined that light in our hearts. It's a powerful light. And he now chose to locate and keep that and hide that treasure in natural earthly vessels. He didn't say he would give us that power when we become recreated with an incorruptible body in heaven. He chose to locate that treasure in a corruptible body on earth. Why? So that the excellency of the power may be of the most high God and not of us. And I can relate to this because honestly, when I see how God uses me, for instance, in the lives of others, I will be wondering, I say, God, see, you are using me in the life of others. Me, if I need help, you know what I'm saying? But yes, so that the excellency of the power may be of God. Yes. So when people tell me, oh, Shola, you said this, it really blessed me. I'm like, hmm, me, I'm looking for someone to bless me too with their counsel. Yes, because the excellency of the power is of God. It's not of me. And that, that you know, apart from that, it keeps me humble. It also makes me know that it is not by my power. It's not by my might. And it's not because I'm holy. It's not because I'm righteous. It is, the, it is just by the grace and the mercy of God. So Romans 12 verse 1 says, and okay, before I read Romans 12, that will be my last scripture. So let's just take a break and we'll close this shortly. So um, I, 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 I was, while I was, you know, re- reading the scriptures, musing on them before, because I usually just read the scriptures, I write them out and then I read them and then I, I you know, I, I speak as the spirit leads. God led me to list out, to look for and list out the fruits of the Spirit. And I realized that we call it the fruits of the Spirit, but the Bible actually calls it the fruits of the Spirit, singular. He doesn't call it fruits. So it's one fruit that has different manifestations. I still don't understand that, but it's fruits. It actually says, doesn't say fruits. And the Lord, the language of Scripture is very deliberate, it's very intentional. God himself, you know, a, a God that is ruled by words. And this is why I, at such times I really love the fact that I studied communications and that I actually live, you know, I ha- my professional life is around the use of words, language, you know, and tone. So I understand and I can recognize the intentionality of the way in which God uses language and words. And when God says that he upholds all things by the word of his power, it makes sense. I understand. Because if you are a God that is bound by your word, then you are careful about what you say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you know that whatever it is you say, people will hold you to it. So you are careful. So you are intentional about what you say, how you say it, when you say it, why you say it. If you, I mean, from ages to ages, everlasting to everlasting, you you are intentional. So when the Bible says fruits rather than fruits, it's not a typo error. It's not, mm-mm. he knows what he, he, he means, the fruit of the Spirit. Because it's, it's this, and I believe that's probably because all of these are somehow intertwined, even though you, they, are in, they, are set, they can be, they are distinct, but they are also intertwined and integrated because they, it's one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So when I looked at the fruit of the Spirit, there are nine of them. And there is only one that I could say is, 
you know inward focused and even that one if i look at it there is a way even the inward focus can have impact on other others but the others love is about love love thy neighbor as thyself yes you love yourself but it's about loving others joy was the only one that i could say well seems to be something that i received for myself but i also realized that if the bible says the joy of the lord is my strength then that also that joy is what i received to strengthen me to be able to do good works for others but let's look at that's the only one that i could say was very much a receiving thing peace or rather inward that the benefits was 100 you know inward for for self peace the bible says follow peace with all men so peace is not just peace for me to receive it but also to follow peace with all men make sure i'm living at peace with others long suffering is very much 100 percent about my relationship with other people gentleness is also about me being gentle with others if i'm the only one on the earth why do i need to be gentle do you understand the whole concept of gentleness is about being gentle to other people goodness as well i don't need to be good to myself although well yeah you should be good to yourself because these days we do find people and you know yeah not being good to themselves so that's also important but what he's talking about is really goodness to others as well now faith is also i would say well i think faith is also i would say faith is inward focused but it's also outward so faith is one of those that i did two arrows in so peace and faith i see as in and out sort of thing meekness is being meek with others that one is you know being meek to yourself is you know is of no benefits meekness only makes sense when you're talking about being meek you know in relationship to other people temperance is patience that one also being patient with yourself well neither here nor there patience only has merit and measure when you are looking at it about being patient with people or not being patient with them so out of nine of the fruits of the spirit it is only joy that i could say was inwardly focused all was God using you and I impacting us so that we can impact others that's all so fruit of the spirit is God asking for my life and your life to be an instrument of his righteousness so that he can show forth his love show forth his joy show forth his peace show forth his long suffering his gentleness his goodness his faith his meekness and his temperament so please tell me where did we get this selfish brand of christianity that we are all um, propagating this motivational christianity self-improvement what what not there is no reference for it in scripture god wants us to be instruments of righteousness unto god for the benefit of others it doesn't mean that we will not have benefits but the purpose of that instrument is to perform surgery in the lives of other people and i'm speaking to myself the sooner all of us including me realize this the better for all of us i will close with romans 12 verse 1 it says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove that which is the good acceptable and perfect will of god may the lord bless the reading of his word the lord wants to be wants me to be an instrument of righteousness so that i may fulfill his good his acceptable and perfect will of god in my life as as the salt of the earth and as the light of the world and i pray that even as we celebrate the coming of the light of the world jesus the light of life 
that we ourselves may make a firm commitment and a consecration to become instruments of righteousness unto God. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Amen.